Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're saintly or a sin, from Enid to the love we're in, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Topping it off, oh, rubbing it in, <laughs> it's my co-host, Evan. Hunker down, here he comes again. <laughs> it's my co-host, Sinker. How could you, you not t- pick topping yeah, it off? Yeah, that was the best line. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get to talking about that one. <laughs> oh, boy. What a summary. Summary. Rubbing it in. Rubbing that suntan lotion into your skin. Yeah. Rubbing, uh, rubbing it in. I do. I love that we are doing this song today because, of course, Ev, it is September 15th today. So this is as close as we're going to get to the end of summertime. To 9-11. To, this is the closest episode. Do you think we should put out... We haven't recorded it yet. Should we put out a 9-11 special? Oh, God, no. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we could do... I don't know. I'm sure the Brandy Good Ladies have some B-side that's applicable to this in some way. Well, I mean, we, they talk about a lot of criticisms of the Bush presidency, so I think that's very uh, apropos to, to a 9-11-based podcast. Yeah. God. Oh, maybe next year our a Tuesday will fall on 9-11. Then we could talk about it. Yeah. Um. But uh, this is the end of summertime. Ev, it's over. Good. Good? Oh, you are a monster. We've talked about this a million times. I know. No one wants to hear how much you love summer and how much I hate it. How was your summer, Ev? Give me a summer rundown. Uh, I stayed in my house most of the time, so that's Uh good. (laughs) Got to spend more time with my boy, which is a good and a bad. Sure. Didn't get to see my friends very much. Which is a Which good is and a bad. A good and a bad. Um, <laughs> got really into working out. I'm like all muscle now. You are. Uh, I've noticed how fucking my, jacked you are. Got my tats. Got my tats all touched up. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Had to do them at home because of COVID. Yeah, a lot of stick and um, stick and jab or whatever it's called. Stick and jab. <laughs> a lot, a lot of tuck and roll. A little stunken, stink, <laughs> strunken waggle. That's right. A lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, Simon and Garfunkel on you right now. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, most of your tattoos are of Simon and Garfunkel, which yes, is fun. Yes, yes, yes. I like the gar. You do like love the column. gar. Yeah. You do Garfunkel with Garfield's face. It's very yes. strange, but somewhat yes. erotic. Well, no, he's got like the, it's like a mix of the two. Cause it's got like the Garfunkel Afro, like the big orange, like frizzy hair mm-hmm. and then Garfield's face. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it's, uh, and then below it says, hello, Monday, my old friend. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> It says, a bridge over troubled lasagna. <laughs> lasagna with some parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. thyme. Was yep. that Simon and Garfunkel? Please let that be Simon and Garfunkel. Yes, it was. Yes, oh, it thank was. God. Okay, good. <laughs> Whew, I do not know my classic music in the least. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a, weird, a weird summer, I gotta say. It was, it was usually summers are the most joyous time. You go out, you have fun. I caught all the gremlins, finally. You did strike yeah, the girl. Uh, the electric one, the, the vegetable gremlin, the vegetable no. gremlin. No, those are gremlins too. Gremlins. I don't, I'm, I'm, what do you think I am? Like Mr. Moneybags, giant tower in the middle of the city. No, no, no. I had just regular old, regular old gremlins. Okay. Gre- wait, does regular old mean gremlins one? Or are you like, catching no, spike? Like really old gremlins. They came with the house. I see. Did they have names and or powers? You know, I never asked them, <laughs> but they didn't display them. No, they didn't have, I mean, they didn't have any powers besides just being gremlins, uh, but they were so old and sort of enervated. They couldn't do much, but like skip around the drywall and like occasionally unplug stuff, but that would take them all damn day. Sure, sure, sure. To unplug something. Um, do you consider- I, I miss them though, because like just seeing like how 
how crushed they were when I like casually undid like a day's worth of like sure mischief. just plugged it back in yeah yeah what um what did you do with them did you catch and release or did you kill or um I well you throw them in a large body of water mm, okay does that that multiplies them does it not I'm sorry I keep thinking of oh shit <laughs> is that why 2020 is the way it is did you do this. Yeah, I think I aerosolized them. <laughs> that's COVID. COVID maybe is that's just... Their, maybe that's their power. It's so just... It <laughs> Bio-gremlin. COVID is gremlin juice. Oh, how nice. Okay, COVID, of course, stands for... Cookie. Cookie orange <laughs> oh. videos. <laughs> in, in death. Um, yeah. Well, the, vid, the vid stands for video. Oh yeah, kooky old videos. That's like you know, TVID. That's what we watch. T- television videos. The vid, the V in in TV stands for video, so sure. I shorten it. To, I I lengthen it to vid when I say sure. it. TVID. Um. Yeah. That's why you, I, I, like you. You put like back in the nineties, you put like a C disc in your car. Your C disc okay. player. Sure, the C disc player. Yeah, absolutely. Disc. You take that off. The point of thing is making it easier to say. <laughs> no, C-disc. okay. Same number of syllables, just as easy to say. Well, I say C, and then I shortened it to C D, but it was C D I was how it was spelled, because you know. Sure. Like you lose. I don't know why you lose the I, because then like, you have no idea what you're even talking about. Like the Philips C D I. That's what it was named after. Mm-hmm. That famous mm-hmm. video game console with mm-hmm. Hotel Mario mm-hmm. on it. Is that correct? Yes, maybe. Yes, I don't know. Yes. I need to get myself one of those. Um, are you, you annoyed? Have a lot of uh, ancient computer s- systems that you never play. I know. I just they're for display more than anything. I yeah, really just should to sh- just to show your nerd cred. You just know, to you show to, how like, cool I am. You just want to front the moment someone gets into your basement. What can I say? I'm a I'm a fronter. Um, do you have do a Neo you... Geo? I have a Neo Geo CD, which is uh, the kind of the next generation of Neo Geo. I bought it when I was in Japan. It was cheap. If I had to import it, it would be expensive. But I got it from a book off, my favorite, favorite, favorite store in Japan ever. Oh, I like a, I like hard off. That's hard, my favorite. Well, yeah, hard hard off is the best. Or off hard house. Off, hard off. To be honest, off house is an off a uh, book off, a hard off. It's every off yeah. under the same roof. For yeah, those of yeah. you listeners, off stores are just simply thrift stores. Uh, <laughs> but they have different varieties. Book off is a bookstore, thrift store. Hard off is for hardware, so computers, video games, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, off house is all of them under one roof and it fucking rules. I once took a train in Japan from, uh, the place where my girlfriend was staying to, uh, I had to transfer trains like six times. I don't speak Japanese. It was a nightmare. Got to this like town straight out of like uh, fucking like seven samurai. Like there were six people living in it. I had Mm -hmm. to ask for directions at this convenience store. I went in and I was like, uh, uh, book house uh, off off house who doko and and he was like, mom, I, let me get the manager basically, and then the manager got his manager who spoke maybe seven words of English. He was like road, right, road left, road left off house, and I was like, okay, thank you, that is wonderful, thank <laughs> you, um, God, but it was glorious, it was glorious. Ebo, we started on summertime and we somehow got around to off house, which yeah, is more truly like bummer time. I'm pissed. I'm pissed at you. I'm pissed that summertime is over and I'm pissed that you're happy about it. I don't like, you know, you could just quietly let summertime go into the night. 
well, you didn't let quiet summertime quietly come into my life. Like, no. You've been, crow- you've been crowing about summer all dim damn day. Why? There was nothing to crow about this year. There was no Canfield Fair, which is the only thing to crow about. Um, that's a joke for seven people. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, a bu- it was a summer bummer. You're right. It was bummer time this year. Uh, but you know what? Boy, winter's going to be great. Moving. Can you... I hate to fucking be a bummer on this podcast. At least in summertime, we can hang out with our friends outside. Can you imagine yep. how hard quarantine is going to be getting into late fall, winter? It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. 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 That'll be All right. Well, the end. Speaking of summertime, Ev, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into this week's song. <laughs> Ev, this week's song is called Summertime. And if you've never heard it, <laughs> Evan, here's a brief sample. Saving it up. Every ounce of sunlight comes to be gradually feels like overnight. Oh wow, that's 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 what it sounds like. Uh oh. You just listen to DJ Zazzy Jeff's "Summertime" the whole time. There's like, there's like a thousand summertimes. There sure is. George Gershwin, Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. I and- wanted to do my yeah. I wanted to do my thing where I like use the lines from a different song, but there were just too many to pick from. I was thinking that you were going to, and the hard part is like, we've talked about this before, but when when a, when a song has the same name as another song, I think even unconsciously you move to compare the two songs, mm-hmm. and all those songs are fucking great. Like. Mm-hmm. Fresh Prince of Summertime, George Gorshwin's. This song holds its own amongst yeah. those songs. I was, I'm going to be honest. I went into this, like, I saw the, I saw the uh, title, read the lyrics. And I'm like, uh-oh, they're writing songs about the weather now. Yep. <laughs> trouble. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's much better. It's, it's more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Well, it's more than the sum of most of its parts, and then there's one part that doesn't quite gel for me. Let's talk about that first, I suppose. Why not start there? What does not gel for you? Okay, so musically, it's like this jazzy, mid-tempo, like, 70s, like, porn, rock, groovy A lot of Waka Chicas, yeah. Yeah, Waka Chica, Kev Noodlin on his Chungus piano pack. For like, sure. He's got, got all this, and then you just got this jarring, crunchy guitar that just, like... Like the Kool-Aid man like smashes through their like <laughs> their beach party and sure. like kicks sand in all their faces and then just goes on his fucking business for another like 30 seconds. Then he comes back around. It's like a guy rides a fucking uh, four-wheeler through a beach party. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, but that's like... That's like a third of the song, so that did not gel for you. Yeah, I. It grew on me to the point where I didn't hate it. Okay, and that's a, that's like the most charitable thing I could say. At first, I was like, "What the f fuck is this? What, like, what, oh. what are they? Why are they doing this?" Just say, "What the f fuck?" Yeah, sorry, I've been doing that a lot with my kid. <laughs> um, yeah, I I could feel you because it did take me off guard the first time I heard it as well. Um, but I think unlike you. It took me off guard and I was totally into it immediately because I think previously when they've done sort of like these easy listening sort of songs with these like real chimey 70s bells and stuff, you mm-hmm. either succeed wildly, in my case that would be conventioneers, or you fail miserably, which in my case would be beautiful. And this, 
I think could have failed if it were just a song about the weather and how great summertime is. But having those big, huge rock guitars, at least like it's not a failure, but if it were a failure, it would have been an interesting failure, which is more mm-hmm. than I can say for a lot of their songs. And I, I really appreciate the fact that they made it interesting. I don't know. There was something to this one. Oh, yeah, uh, no, I, I, I like the song. I just, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know what I want instead of a guitar. Right. Uh, obviously, I want um, uh, a, a, a blast, the horns. horns. Yeah, ska, yeah, a ska section. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah, with a whole orchestra playing along. Yes, yes, yes. Imagine instead of like that, you had like the, uh, um, just the orchestra swells. Sure. Piddle drum. <laughs> you just, you want every song to be that, uh, that Stephen Page Art of Time version of Running Out of Ink, where it's just that Baroque orchestra. No, I don't ever want that. <laughs> that was, speaking of jarring, that was just two things that did <laughs> not belong together. That was fucking strange. Um, I said this song reminded me so much. It's those big riffs. It reminded me of Weezer. Like, this felt like a yeah. big Weezer song for some reason, yeah. Um, yeah. which, and, and not like Bad Weezer, not like Late mm. Weezer, but like Green Album, maybe? I was into mm. it. I, I really yeah, not, enjoyed that. That sounded good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, buy that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, again, I think just like you, in, in a lot of ways, this song took me off guard. Going into this album, listening to You Run Away f- straight off the bat and being very mm-hmm. like... This album's not gonna be. This song fucking like it stole my heart. It took me by surprise. I've been humming it and playing it all week long. Like <laughs> it rules. Was, this song uh, rules. Not to uh, uh uh to talk too much about our personal lives like we normally do. Um, but Saker Saker's fan the the Saker families and the Evans families went to the beach yesterday. Correct. Um, nice pond beach yeah. and uh. <laughs> We were social distance with masks on at the beach, and we had our kids splash around in the water. Uh, but um, you, at one point, put summertime on your like <laughs> your right. player, and your partner just looked at you and goes, "Could you not?" <laughs> it was, and that three was just such seconds. a relatable. That was such a relatable moment it was, for me. Yeah, it was Ed going like saving it up, and she turned to me and was like, "Nope, nope, that's not happening." <laughs> Could you please not? <laughs> Yeah, that was uh yeah. Sorry about that. Um, truly, I think I I I need to. I have friends that I can talk about bare naked ladies with, and I have friends that I should never. And my partner mm-hmm. is one of those people where I have to keep my BNL life far away from my personal life with her. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is uh this th- I I could certainly see this song being an embarrassment, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but to me, I don't know. We're so deep in it that like. I don't know. This is kind of the best of, of what they do. It's kind of a fun, cool, breezy song. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was just like a jazzy summertime song. And yeah. I, I don't know what they wanted from this, but they may have achieved it. Uh, well, whatever we can, it is. We can pop back to musically for a moment. But let's mm-hmm. talk about what they maybe wanted out of this song. Because it's hard to kind of tell what this song is about in a lot of ways. Um, really? Well, is it about the summertime and the end of the summertime is it about a relationship is it about masturbation is it about i don't know what what did you what you say really as if it's very obvious it's really about summertime that's literally what it's about okay well it's about like being a being in canada and having a short summer and then a long winter that you have to like suffer through but you don't think it's metaphorical at all period especially no, it has 
Ed has literally said that several times in concert that this song really? is about summer. At, yeah. the, at the end, he even says, Our love pushing through for summertime. Like that's part yeah. of it is is he almost pulls the metaphor out and makes the subtext text when he's like, Yeah, the you know, it can be hard. The whole year can be hard. I call it the teacher special. The year is hard. You're just looking forward to those good times, that summertime. <laughs> and you know what? Our love, we're pushing through. We're trying to get to the best parts of ourselves. I thought it was metaphorical because he, he I thought he even pulled it out there. I don't know. Bundle up and hunker down for the winter, but we're going to survive it. We're going to get back to summertime eventually. You know, I thought that too, if he hadn't explicitly said the songs about Canadian uh, Okay, winter. at the same time, we know that like fucking Kev talking about like his nanny smoking pot, like that song could be about, oh, my friend who, who left so long ago and I miss her dearly. Or it could be about yeah. him stalking a girl, which so is more you're, fun. You're, you're death of the authoring this. I think... It's not even death of the author. I think they're lying to us. <laughs> I think it's death of themselves. This is suicide it's of like the author, as not I even call an it. Untrustworthy narrator and untrusty author. Yes. Untrustworthy author. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think I think that that line, our love pushing through for summertime, is the key in the lock of this relationship. And I don't or this song. I don't even think it's healthy, because what what's being said here is like our relationship sucks. We just got to push through the hard times when in the metaphor, the hard times are three fourths of the year and they're not Mm -hmm. doing anything about it. They're not like, maybe we can learn to enjoy the winter. Maybe we can find things that are fun in it. Maybe we could talk to a therapist. They're just like, let's push through. Let's get through. It sucks, but we got to do it. Like, it's not good. This is very reminiscent of a Stevie P jam for me. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Filtered through like. Filter through the lens of Ed. I don't know. It didn't feel it didn't feel as uh, cynical as a Stevie P song. It's true. It's that's why I say filter through the lens of Ed because it is it's it's fun and it's I think it is very like we can do it. We can do it. I know we can. We're good. So so if this song is about a relationship, mm-hmm. how would you read the lines? You know the lines that we, uh, we used in our it, intros. Topping it off, rubbing it in. There's always a big mess to wipe. It's a big mess of why. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I think that's about bottling up your stress, all your problems, until they all splooge uh, out, right? I think it's about bottling up your uh, juices. And I, then, uh, <laughs> I mean, that line is so embarrassing, and I cannot believe they kept it in the song very clearly about, about jizzing all over the wall. Like... <laughs> What a nightmare. But yeah, I think it's it's bottling up everything and then thinking one day th- magically things will get better as you reach the summertime, yearning for something that will never be. Um, but it is also very possible that it's about enjoying the summer and then, uh, you know, a warm summer night where you sit downstairs on your computer and, and rub one out. Um, mm. Which is a, you know, relatable summertime. Window, window open, like <laughs> crickets in the air. You hear the spring, the, the peeper, the frogs out by the pond. <laughs> That's right plane flies overhead you look up <laughs> into the sky and you see the lights and you wonder if anyone up there is jerking off to <laughs> we're jerking off under the same moon <laughs> me, me and that person i'm dreaming about 
I don't know. I think I think there's definitely a way to read that. So wow, I'm surprised that I read this. I read this song a little deeper than you. So you just kind of read it as a breezy song. I like that. I like well, that read. I was looking for other reads, and then like I was listening to the um, live versions, and like in three of them, Ed's like, "This is about being in Canada in the winter." Interesting. Okay. Like, um, well, I'll just I'll just stop all my imagination right now. Thank you. <laughs> the, sure, that's that's characteristic of you. When someone tells you something, you stop thinking and you just immediately accept as as you've heard it. Um, yep, that's I didn't why even you're... do a sci- I didn't even do a sci-fi read for this. Oh one. no, that's why you're such a big Trump boy. He tells you something and you accept it at face mm-hmm. value and question no more, sleep no more, as they say in New York. That's right. I can't believe anything except what the party tells me. That's correct. Um, I did, I was lost on one line from this song. Um, Mercury Falls? That is 100% correct. See you on the other side, Mercury Falls. So how, how we make Do you have any read? I thought about researching it, but then I didn't. So my <laughs> my guess is um, that... I mean, I know the the stars change from summer to winter. Sure. So my guess is the night sky in outside of summer doesn't have mercury in it, oh. or mercury is closer to the um, closer to the horizon or something like that. Interesting. Know that, that in astrology, there's a lot of that sort of um, stuff. Right. Um, that could be. I'll tell you. Jupiter I... rising, Mercury falling. <laughs> you can cure. You can look it up as fast as you want, but you're just going to get the same answer I gave you just now. Well, I'm basically I... the internet. I'm actually not looking it up. I'm looking up when All in Good Time was released, and All in Good Time was released 2010, which means it was recorded in 2009. So here's the slight bit of research that I did. Mercury Falls is actually a name of a novel by Robert Cross that came out in 2009, and I it, saw that it was a. a it looked like a very beachy read. So I truly wonder if that was just like Ed talking about being on the beach in the summertime. Like that one, hmm. I, I don't know. Um, but it also, that book is about a prediction about the end of the world. And I feel like a lot of this album on the whole is going to be about like getting through hard times and the end of the world. Because of course it is, because that's just what's yeah. happening in I mean, their lives. But I think like the, the like mid to late aughts were... Like the only time, like before that, we had like the eighties ni- and nineties where it was like, oh, the world could blow up at any time. Right. You know, like we could shoot nuclear missiles at each other and die. And then like there was that like period after the end of the Cold War, but before like we were a hundred percent sure of ecological collapse on the horizon within our lifetimes. Right. Like, where we were like, our the, the thing that scared us was like the Mayan calendar. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's like this is like this prime thing. We're like. What we're what we're afraid of is magic killing us. Oh, like, oh what a what an idyllic time! God, I yeah. long for that. Oh man, like, there was like the, like a bunch of movies like 2012. This is when the ends like, and it was just because the calendar was a circle and yeah. they couldn't fit any more years <laughs> onto it. Ah, oh, how bizarre! What a strange time in the world. Um, yeah, we. I mean, in terms of the world ending, in terms of things being grim and grim dark, I kind of felt like going into this album that that's what this whole album was going to be. So Summertime kind of surprised me by being so cheery because even like, even the album art, like, and mm-hmm. I, I talked about this a little bit on our Discord, um, all the previous album arts are fun and cheery and like there's an element of whimsy to them. And this is just all of them in like grayscale against the wall scowling down at a camera. And it just feels like this album is going to be a bummer. 
but I don't know. Do you think, uh, do you think Steve was the whimsy? I, I don't know. <laughs> because the next album, Grinning Streak, is all of them in suits looking past the camera. Like, truly, they are both, like, they, they're a bummer. The, those album arts are a bummer. And the next one is Silverball, which is also kind of a shitty, like, fucking, mm-hmm. like, album art. I don't know. I guess Steve was the whimsy. Hard to say. Because I well, think even when they... it's pretty easy to say. Yeah, well, even when they try to be playful, fake nudes, number one, a reference to the worst fucking, like, isn't Donald Trump, like, it, it makes you think of Donald Trump, right? <laughs> it's just already like, wow, that's what I want to be reminded of at any time. And it's also just like, what is it? What 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 is that joke? What's a fake nude? What does that mean? Like it means nothing. Like even their whimsy. It's like one of those. It's like one of those sites that like uh, advertises like movie star porn, oh, where okay. they just like photoshopped some like Britney Spears' head onto like a different body. Sure, 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 sure. Hashtag free, free Britney. But yeah, this this song is such free, a free Britney. Free Britney. <laughs> free hashtag Bitcoin. Paul Bettany. <laughs> hashtag Paul Bettany. Hashtag Bettany Bitcoin. We're spiraling. We need to pull out of this tailspin. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's kind of an undercurrent of sadness, but this is such a sea change from You Run Away. I feel like this uh, yeah. this this album might be fun. No, it, I mean, this this uh, yeah, this gives me uh, hope for the album and hope for the PPE. Are you excited that the next song's called Another Heartbreak? That's going to be fun. <laughs> I mean, it's Kevin Hearn. So, it sure yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> um. Another heartbreak with chimpanzees. <laughs> That's exactly what I think whenever I see that. Isn't it wild that they have songs called "Go Home" and "Home"? They have songs called "Another Heartbreak" and "Another Postcard." I don't. I guess when you have eight albums, you're gonna cycle eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many words. You <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that originally? And this is tongue in cheek, and I actually find it funny. Uh, the song called "Thanks That Was Fun." Uh, they were originally going to call One Weaker, which is very... <laughs> that's, that oh, would have been God. such a good title. That's a good one. But their their label wouldn't let them do it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's go back to Musical.ly, because lyrically, that's, I don't know, just a bunch of speculation, basically. Um, musically, again, there's a lot of really fun... We talked about those guitars. Um, mm-hmm. Not only are the guitars, I think, very cool, but they also do a cool thing in the song. They present this polyrhythm of like a three, four time guitar over a four, four time, uh, rest mm-hmm. of the song, which is neat. And it's like a real, like it, it really does jolt you. Um, and I, I just, I love that they're experimenting. I love that they're trying things again, because I think a lot of things on Bare Good Ladies are felt safe and same. Yeah. So I don't know. There was a lot of, experience. Yeah, you like to be, you like to be titillated more than I do. I do. I like novelty. You're a creature of a creature of habit, perhaps, but I love not. That's yeah. not true at all. I love. I hate change. I love it when <laughs> things stay the same. Um, but yeah, this polyrhythm rhythms delighted me. Have you ever heard the phrase of? I'm just riffing on other podcasts I listen to. Um, uh, Foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Ooh, I love hobgoblins. Me too. That's what delighted me about the phrase that it used hobgoblin. Like what? What is the difference between a hobgoblin and a goblin? Um, well, none. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like it, it, none and everything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in Dungeons and Dragons, hobgoblins are bi- are lawful evil, bigger and well better organized, and <laughs> sure. goblins are chaotic evil, so they're all over the place, which uh, is problematic in and of itself to label whole species as evil. Of but course. Setting that aside, um, like I think that like in like British not mythology, but like you know 
a hobgoblin is something is like a um a spirit that sort of lives uh, a gremlin basically okay like lives in your house and you have to sort of placate it um it's like norse british mythology i think in the in sweden that they're called tomta and uh, um they they can they can be helpful but in a weird way because they don't quite understand how sure um human society or anything works like you would uh you would give them milk or cream with butter on top butter so is good for you, you butter's good for you apples are bad um take that bank to the bank pre, but, pre, um, pre-roll banter that the a listener yeah. will never understand okay go ahead one time the, a farmer did the like opposite way he put the butter on the bottom and just poured the cream on it and the tomta got angry and killed all his cows oh, jesus christ and uh then the farmer was like no no i put the butter in there it's just on the bottom and the tomta found it it's like oh sorry so and he didn't like he went over to the next farm stole all of that person's cows <laughs> and then just gave them to the farmer so the farmer woke up with, with his neighbor's cows in there sure yeah that's I mean, he's like i kill your cows i'm sorry i'll get you new cows here's some new cows all right <laughs> chaotic good chaotic good uh you're making things right however need to be um interesting okay so i i expected you to have so and then goblins are just bad they're just bad boys well i mean well i mean it's it's they're really no different like goblins can be dwarves goblins can be like in a in a mythological sense they're used in a lot of contexts right sure sure yeah and as as are hobgoblins so i mean they're they're exactly the same and also completely different but in, in this sense hobgoblin means something um in the sense of the quote that you use like a hobgoblin isn't like a literal creature it's like a hobgoblin is used in the sense that it's a um a, a negative like a pejorative sure within the context of your own psyche man you know what always confused me is in the Spider-Man universe, we hobgoblin. There's hobgoblin who's like mm-hmm. almost the exact fucking same character as the Green Goblin. Like uses a glider, has the mm-hmm. pumpkin bombs. It's just like a yellow. He's like the sub, the scorpion to the sub-zero of the Green Goblin. Like Green Goblin just seems a lot more whimsical though than hobgoblin. I guess, is he more murderous? Like I, I, I'm sure that there's some in canon explanation where hobgoblin was like inspired by Green Goblin or something. But I, I bet it's like my my bet is like they lost the rights to Green Goblin for a little bit, <laughs> so they had to like they're like oh yeah it's just a, this is a Hobgoblin sure yeah very likely but that's something that's something you don't see I, maybe you do I don't read enough comics to know but like copycat villains yeah oh that's interesting like, yeah like, like the Joker does something in Batman and then like the Trickster shows up right yeah exactly the Giggler they are the Giggler I am looking right now at at um at Spider Man's Rogues Gallery we have Green Goblin we have Hobgoblin. We have Grey Goblin, we have Demo Goblin, we have Proto Goblin. There are a lot of fucking goblins in this. Spi- I mean, well, it's when you have something popular, it probably is just literally, you know, uh, copycat killers. You're right. Well, everyone knows that ho- goblins are the opposite of spiders. 100% correct. Yes. The spider's natural enemy is the goblin. Right. That's why in uh, The Hobbit, the, the original, <laughs> like, like, canon for western modern western ideas of what goblins are the goblins stay in the misty mountains and don't come down into mirkwood presumably because of the elves that are down there but there's also a lot of spiders sure 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 that's where aragog spiders eat goblins that's for sure the hobbit is short for the hobbit goblet right the hobbit goblet the hobbit goblet yeah sure um where the fuck were we have let's get back to it rubbing it in (laughs) rubbing it in always a big Oh. Just like this podcast, there's always a big mess of white. I can't, like, if I were Ed, I would have a pre-programmed section of the song where after I go, always a big mess of white, before the brim, 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 I would have to stop down and say, like, all right, 
I understand how this sounds live because that would be a funny moment and like the, all the crowd would laugh at the big old masturbation joke and I don't know. But the fact that he just takes it in stride and says nothing about this very obvious, I don't know. Fuck. I thought it was like a, it was like almost like a triple entendre because he's talking about snow. He's talking about masturbation and he's talking about how white Canada is. Snow? I thought he was talking about, I thought he was talking about suntan lotion. We bottle well, it in. Oh no, it's a it's a quadruple then. So the, so on the first level, it's about suntan lotion. Yeah. Right. Then it's about masturbation. Sure. And then then it's about, about how snow, oh, snow the becoming snow, and then it's about how like ethnically white Canada is. Sure, absolutely. Oh my God, a me- he calls it a mess of white. <laughs> that's not that's not a bad for a group of that white people. Be, yeah, for <laughs> a group of white, a mess of white. Mess of white. That's actually <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> Um, fuck, is, is Ed, like, playing four-dimensional chess with us? Do you think he, Always. he intended that? <laughs> quadtandra? Um, oh, man, I was riding on a quadtandra yesterday, and those things are smooth. Is there anything that comes after thrice? Like, once, twice, thrice? Twice, I think. Well, twice would be five, right? That's quince. It'd be quad, twice. It's qu- qu- quas. Quice, quince, sexy, sext. There's nothing for six. Six is hard. And then the, uh, well, six is sense. No, no, sixth sense. Six sense. You got it. We got the, it's called an Osman. Um, <laughs> so uh, there are a couple cringy parts. You talked about the parts that you don't like to this song. There are two very clear things that Ed does that I am not into. Um, mm-hmm. The first is when Ed slips into his falsetto uh, I have, if you can't tell listeners, my, I'm losing my voice for some reason, even though I'm not sick and I've done nothing yelling, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to, my voice is going to crack, but he does. I love pushing through. Uh, and it, he goes so falsetto and it's very cringy to me. Oh man. I love the falsetto. Like, do um, you, you know how he, there's the the line from Mercury like from Mercury Falls to For Summertime like that whole like stanza and a half is my 100% favorite part of the song. Oh, I do love and, that. And you know like he says how do we not cave in and bottom out? Well, you have to understand that and I feel like we he should have gone Well, you have to understand. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I feel like he had he should have gone into a falsetto with that and that yes. would have been that would have that would have been like a little kiss right on my forehead. Oh, it would have right been a delight. I, sleep. I like that. Um, and then the other thing is that Ed does a lot of old man like huh, throughout the song, which, <laughs> which is just very embarrassing to me. You can tell, you can see track the trajectory of BNL turning from a like hip young band to like an old man like huh, everybody kick it like band. So. <laughs> But that was it's a little bit embarrassing, but I love Chicago. Yeah. It was best best crowds in the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's just some stuff that works really well on here. Uh, during the second pre-chorus, they do like a very processed voice in the background, mm-hmm. um, which is something that's very new for them, and it sounds really, really neat. Uh, I very much like it. And hunker down, here it comes again. Just one more round. See you on the other side. Um, and then there's just general like little things that I enjoy. Um. There's like the ending where you have a very delicate like shaker piano, like squeedling little piano at the end. 
uh, Ed singing alone. For summertime. I don't know. I just thought it was cool. There's a lot of really cool shit going on in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about, bud? Um, we are. We didn't talk about the uh, spider in the room. That this isn't just an Ed song. Uh, it was co-written with Mister Ian Lefeuve. Oh, oh! I didn't even. I didn't clock that. Ian Lefeuve. Now, who is this guy? Ian Lefeuve. Tell me a little bit yeah. about him. Um, he is a Canadian like band man on the Toronto scene. He's was he started in uh, Fun with Molokai, um, which I've never heard of, and then went through another bunch of bands. And I think he. His solo stuff, he mostly does, it seems like, Cartoon Network opening theme songs. Like he did the one for Johnny Test. Okay. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that. No, I've never seen it. Um, yeah, it's one of those cartoon theme songs like in the 90s. Well, actually, it's a it's an a aughts cartoon. But okay. It's like a, a, you know those theme songs where it, they're like a minute long and they just tell you the entire premise of the show? Absolutely. Like, this is Johnny. Yeah. His sisters test everything on him. <laughs> his course. name is Johnny Test. Here's his dad and his mom and his dog and they all live together in a shoe. Like, yes. <laughs> it's like just one of those. Yeah. But yeah, he's he did uh, he's done a lot. He did uh, Combat Hospital, What's Up Warthog. Like it just sounds like a, a new Adult Swim lineup. Sure. a lot. They're all CBC shows I'm reading now. Like every single the one Adventures of them. of Napkin Man. That's a great title for anything. Love that. Um, he got the screeny. Did you mention that? No, not yet, but oh, I was about to. Boy, oh boy. For, for the Whisper in Me, for Dirty Single, from the movie Dirty Singles. Yes, the Canadian Screen Award for Best Original Song. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. It was a nice, it was a bad song. I listened to it. Oh, um, wow. It's got, uh, Dirty Singles was a good movie. It had Lauren Ash in it, who I love. Okay, interesting. Wow, this Anybody is cool. She was in Superstore. She's the voice of uh, Scorpia in She-Ra. Oh, wow. Interesting. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, this guy seems like sort of like a a backbone. He's not he's never been like a standout musician, but he does shit in the background that everybody he's knows. A yeah, you've you've heard of him. Oh, so we've that th- is this the first song? Because I remember with the whole like idea of R mm-hmm. was that they were like, let's do more internal shit, like no mm-hmm. more outside influences, no more Duffy's Muffies. And now they're branching out again because, as I see, four seconds, uh, song number four on this album is another yep. Ian Lefeuve song. Um, it's uh, they got the fever for Lefeuve. Mm, interesting. Fever, fever. Uh, boy, so we are we've 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 turned our backs on the band, although we haven't because I think this we've got more Cregans and Hearns on this album than we do mm-hmm. uh, most albums. So. Oh, this will be cool to look at. Oh, and we also have to figure out what version of this album we're doing. Apparently, there's an FYE edition. There's a bo- There's bonus. Tr- oh, fuck it. We're just gonna do 14 tracks and be done with it. In and out. Um, get, just get just get us out of this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that is that's that's interesting. Well, in any case, whatever the case is, bring more of Ian because this song rules, and I'm super into it. Um, okay, very cool. So nothing else for the album though, or for this song. I mean. No, cool. no, that was it. That was, uh, that, was my, uh, that was my last hurrahs. Want to talk a little bit about the live versions? Yeah. I mean, I didn't see anything that stood out except for Ed saying what it was about. And yeah. Kev had, in one of them, Kev had a really, was really hitting on the piano. I think it was like the Muskegon version. Okay. Where he was just going, going ape, going ham on that piano, that keyboard. Right. And I always, I always like a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched two live versions. One was a pre-release version from Taste of Chicago. Uh, with the Brandy Ladies playing a rib cook-off. 
Um, it sounds done. Like this is 2009, so this is a year before the album comes out, but it sounds like it's just total. It, it literally nothing changed. Um, man, and boy, in this context, this song seems so catered to fucking like summer chili cook off. Mm-hmm. Like oh, playing summertime at the on the stage at Taste of Chicago seems like it would be a great, some tons of fun time of your life. Uh, and then I watched the Finger Lakes racetrack version, where <laughs> it seemed to be their opener. Like, it's how they opened the concert, wow. which is fucking wild to me. Um, I don't know. That's super weird. Uh, and watching this one, I had this weird feeling watching it where, like, it's Jim on the upright and he's just going nuts on it. And I'm watching him go and I'm thinking he's so talented. And then I look over at Kev and Kev is jamming on the keyboard. And then I look and I got weirdly emotional. I was just thinking like, <laughs> they're all so good. They're just so good. How they find each other like this. <laughs> I love these boys. I love bare naked ladies. Um, yeah, it was very fun. Um, I, I went and looked up how often they played this live because it's a cool, cool ass live song. I bet a lot. Um, not a ton. Not a ton. They played oh. it when the album came out, probably a couple dozen times. Last time I played it was 2016. Um, and I was just curious to look at the times in 2016 they played it. And one of them was at Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Ooh. And I was like, oh boy, I wonder what the set list was. They started off with Summertime on the acoustic guitar. And then their Ooh. second song, also acoustic, was beautiful. And I said, what a nightmare of a <laughs> bizarre way to start your fucking concert. Fucking summertime into beautiful on the acoustic guitar. Weird, 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 weird. Um, Ebo, mm-hmm. I need you to tell me which sci-fi movie this song is like. This song is, of course, about the highest grossing Canadian film made in Canada. Whoa. A film shot in Toronto. The BNL Stomping Grounds and Manitoba, and the sixth highest grossing film in 2004. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Is 2004 Canada to a uh, fucking sci fi movie, uh, Cloverfield. <laughs> Directed by Sir, Sir Roland Emmerich. Oh. Uh, you may. Universal Soldier, Independence Day, The Patriot, oh, all that good stuff. Wow, okay. Uh, it is. The eminently forgettable day after tomorrow. <laughs> You're sure right. Forgot it was a movie. Okay. I think I caught it once halfway through on like, <laughs> it's like one of those things where you're at your step parent or you're not your step parents. You're um, your in-laws for like a holiday or sure, something. Sure, It's on USA. They, just have the TV, they have the TV on in the background <laughs> yeah, right. and they were watching like some like Christmas parade or something. And then like, it just goes into the day after tomorrow. So you're sure. like half watching it because right. you know, it's just, if there's a TV on. Right, right. So I think I saw that, but it uh it stars Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Ian Holm, and uh, what's her name, Emmy Rossum. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Dennis Quaid plays Jack Hall, a paleoclimatologist who is warning about imminent ecological collapse. Great. Okay, love those. Um, but the thing is, it's a uh, it, it's like global cooling causing an ice age. So okay. it's like a storm, mega storm, spin off the uh, Arctic and draw down uh like icy air from the troposphere and get to negative 150 degrees so they can flash freeze something sure. in like 150 seconds sure or in like 30 seconds like the president for instance um, okay so the the movie is fun because it's sort of a critique of the bush presidency and how like it failed to adapt for climate change Interesting. And you know what we didn't know that the trump presidency was coming so we're like this is like the shit standard for presidents <laughs> dealing with the climate 
And then we found one who doesn't even believe in climate. <laughs> doesn't even believe that weather exists. Yeah. I don't feel like he's ever been out of a non-climate controlled area. Goes around in a little stupid bubble like an idiot. Sure. I hate him. I hate him so much. Anyway. so um, Sorry, TK. Our yeah. friend, our fan, our crunchy little conservative. <laughs> well, you can be a conservative and also hate Trump. Sure. I think a lot of them do. Yep. Yep. All right. Anyway, uh, Terry Robson. Played by Ian Holmes, you may remember from as Bilbo from the Hobbit movies, okay, uh, and The Fifth Element. Um, I thought Martin but, Freeman was Bilbo. He, this is Bilbo from the. Um, oh, it's his old Bilbo. Old it's Bilbo. not Martin He's Freeman from, in the uh, in the other three. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a. Uh, he would have had to. They'd have to de-age him. That wouldn't be super weird. I don't know. Oh yeah, that would be uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I wouldn't put it beyond Peter Jackson to do that. Sure. Like to digitally de-age someone. Yeah. Be like. Fucking Grandma Tarkin in the uh, Star Wars movies. <laughs> God, that's so... F- I hate that so much. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just get, like, another actor to play him. Rogue One is a nightmare of a fucking movie, and I will I will stand my ground on that forever. I liked a lot of what Rogue One wanted to do. I just felt like it should have been an HBO series. We've talked like about 20, this before. 20, like, with, like, two seasons, 20 eps. Yep. Like, just because you've got so many characters, you have to, like, sit in them, yes, right? Yes, flesh them out, other than 2D they stereotypes. More, Ugh. Yeah, they need more. They need a little bit more background. But I, I liked it. Rogue One overall. Mm. But uh, I, I just felt like it should have been, you know, different. But anyway, um, so they get together, and uh, Jake, they're uh, trying to warn the government. The government doesn't listen, of course. The superstorms hit. America has to, the southern states uh, evacuate to Mexico. The northern <laughs> states just kind of have to hunker down. Sure. We're used to it. And um, so Jake Gyllenhaal and his like pack of mathletes because like he's <laughs> like part of like the math Olympics. Or he's in like okay. New York for the math Olympics or something. And uh, so they have to, they have to um, shelter down in the uh, New York library. Okay. And burn, burn books for, uh, um, for heat. Sure. Makes sense. So is that uh, a commentary but, yeah. on George W. Bush? Uh, i'm sure yeah probably so oh it's an academic decathlon is what they were oh you were not lying okay got it (laughs) yeah 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 so um so uh dennis quaid heads north to save his son and it just becomes like a basically like a cliffhanger disaster movie where they're like so if they go on top the snow is covering everything and then they cover they go across the skylight of a underground a mall that was frozen over and one of them falls in through the skylight and has to cut the rope and mm-hmm. sacrifice himself so they can get away there's a pack of wolves that escape from the central park zoo that they have to fight off sure. like it's just like you know it's just a disaster movie right um you know ice ice shards and shit so uh basically um that's obviously why i mean the, the as as straightforward as this song was day after tomorrow is just as straightforward it's a song about pushing through climate change <laughs> to the summer the, to the summertime <laughs> sure and like like a canadian winter um you are buried in the uh the, the icy snows for a long time um, a mess of white okay interesting of white. and it sure and was the a last, mess uh, the last shot of the movie is from the international space station where astronauts are staring down at the earth and you see that the polar ice caps have grown to cover most of the northern hemisphere. Oh, wow. We, nature has reclaimed us. I love it. Yeah, which is a it, it, the um, scientific community was pretty united in their, not criticism, but like, hey, th- I'm glad this is bringing more interne- in, in, um, interest to the climate change, but this is very wrong. Sure. This is not- <laughs> <laughs> was it? It wasn't popular, was it? I remember seeing posters. It was. Really? It was the, like I said, it was oh, the yeah. highest grossing 2004 movie Fuck. and the highest grossing canadian film made in canada wow that's wild okay well cool though wonderful all right it's always gonna be a big mess of white ev i'm so glad that you mentioned when you've got a jake gyllenhaal movie. 
I'm so glad that you mentioned that you do sci-fi reads for these because early in the episode I was like, what the fuck? I, I truly, I don't even know how to get Ev to that because I had forgot. It's been so long since our last record. We took a week off, which we don't often do, um, but I had forgotten what our read was for this album. So thank you for covering me. I appreciate it. Um, no Ebbo. Always, I always got your back. You got my bag. You're going to rub it in on my back. So that sunscreen mm-hmm. needs to be rubbed on in. Um, let's get around to rating this song. <laughs> Ev, as you know, we rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The fewer clothes this song is wearing, the better it is. The more clothes, the worser. So, Ev, if you would, let's go ahead and rate this song. It's back, baby. I am like, uh, I'm in my mid-50s. Ska is back. Finally. Oh, hell yeah. All right. They made it. They made it. It's the, popular with the kids. You know how like the kids get super eclectic and they pick stuff that, you know, from the past, like right now they're into squeedles. I don't even know what the kids do these days. There was, K-pop. There was a weird moment where maybe five, six, seven years ago where all of my students were super into like Journey and Guns N' Roses and Aerosmith. And that was because Ooh. Rock Band came out and like repopularized uh-huh. them. But uh, so we need rock band for ska, just like you play a fake fucking a horn, 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 band. horn yeah. <laughs> Toot it on the fucking saxophone. Amazing, yeah. Oh yeah, so it's back. So baby. fourth wave and um, for, for fifth wave. We're on fifth, the seventh wave. Is it really okay? I don't know. I don't remember what wave we're on, but uh, yeah. So they're doing the uh, so the ska is dead tour. Suddenly comes the ska is alive tour, and we got all these like. 60 70 year old musicians uh a couple of them are coming in like uh you got the toasters back you got the pilfers back you got the you got less than jake you got uh real big fish you got all those all those folks uh popping in you got cherry popping daddies because they're they're ancillary they're not ska they're swing but they're close enough you got Memphiscopolis. You got them all. Are they like, all? I mean, these are not the same. Are they the same members, or is it like Real yeah, Big Fish these, Two? Old bands. Okay, got you it. These old bands coming back. Okay. You got the Voodoo Glow Skulls. They're all coming back, and then there's a this like new wave of ska too. So it's a big summer concert series. Um, it takes place downtown at the, our newly constructed um, Edward Jonathan Edward James Olmos uh, <laughs> Theater Memorial Theater. <laughs> Memorial Theater. Great. R.I.P. Uh, and and parking and parking parkatorium <laughs> sure absolutely um, and uh so i'm down there and uh it's just like wall to wall tweens and teens as far as the eye can see uh-huh um and i'm down there i'm in my like checkered i'm in my checkered converse i've got my little um my fedora on i'm wearing my uh my socks pulled up to my like ankles i'm wearing my wallet chain my long my long uh um jeans do you, think what else do you feel awkward because i mean it's all kids there right because this give is give me a second okay all right <laughs> give me a second okay <laughs> go ahead i'm sorry i need to stop interrupting you all right go ahead i've got my voodoo glow skull shirt on and then i've got my like short sleeve button down open uh-huh. uh there and uh and then my suspenders okay and i'm i'm ready to fucking skank in the pit bud uh mike park's gonna be there i'm super fucking excited sure uh blue meanies all the good ska bands from back in the day um there's also these new ska bands and i like them too but um so i'm there and i'm kicking it i'm kicking it in the pit as hard as i can but again it does make me uncomfortable because there's all these kids around sure and uh teens and whatnot and it's uh, columbus is a college town so like a bunch of college students are there too but they're all you know they're all going through the motions they're all doing the thing and it's you know, everyone's, it's, it's, it's a friendly atmosphere. I'm glad to be there. It's summertime. We're all kicking back and having a good time. I can see that they feel a little bit awkward and this is less cool because I'm there. Sure. But, uh, you know, it's like when you go to a concert and there's like a, 
60 year old guy in like a t-shirt just like chilling in the back of the room sure you know that's me that's me except i'm i'm getting really excited about this okay and uh so that's that's me in the song like i like it i like what it's doing um <laughs> but it's less cool because the bnl boys are doing sure. it Sure. okay got it <laughs> And I'm in shorts and a tee. Yeah, I was going to say, hat. yeah, you. I thought you, you have like a wallet chain. It felt like you had a lot of clothes on for some reason. Yeah, but what does a wallet chain cover, really? Uh, I guess. It's just like, it's more ornamentation that you don't need. I don't know. Okay, well, yeah, exactly. Okay. I don't think like the, the, the crunchy guitar. Oh, also they have like a... Um, Creed is also playing there <laughs> okay. for some fucking reason. Sure. So you'll just hear these like, dun, 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 and then from the like, with arms wide open, like this right. crunchy guitar fucking riff will come in. Sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, for me, this is uh, it's it's Columbus, Ohio's premier Japanese animation convention, OhioCon, and it's OhioCon 2000, and I think it was seven for me. Mm. And I'm in my hotel room, and I'm getting dolled up in my cosplay for the day. And what you uh, as? Uh, well, that's a great question. Uh, I am dressed as, and uh, this is a real story. Uh, I'm dressed as um, uh, a character from a um, a show called Sakigake Cromarty High, and I'm dressed as my man Freddy. All right, so Freddie is uh, uh, a an XP for Freddie Mercury. Uh, clearly, he is uh, a buff man with a mustache wearing just suspenders over tight pants. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I have this costume. I made this costume, and I'm pretty proud of it. And I get in the elevator. I was screen sharing, ladies and gentlemen, and I recommend you look up a picture of Sakigake Freddie. Um, and I get in the elevator. He's got a real, like, he's got a real, like final fight. Um, Hagar. Feel. He certainly does. I'm in the elevator on my way down and I look around and I realize that I am in suspenders with no shirt on and a gigantic like 70s porn mustache. And I'm surrounded by younger, attractive people. And I've never felt more uh, unattractive and embarrassed and not proud of my body. And I immediately, before I even get, I'm in the elevator. The elevator hits the bottom floor. It opens up. I press the button to go back to my floor. I go back up to my room and change. So this is, there's very few clothes on, very tight pants, no shirt, just some suspenders. But I'm embarrassed, just like yesterday at the beach, to be listening to this song in public and jamming out to summertime in the summertime. Uh, But it's a hell of a good song. I'm I'm fucking into this song. I thought it was a jam. Ebbo. I think All in Good Time has some potential here. I'm looking forward to it. We're getting some we're getting some vibes. We're getting some vibes. We're rubbing it in. We'll be rubbing it in even more when we get back with more. It's all been done. A Panic Ladies podcast. Hey Evan. I'm thinking about You were let's say your life falls apart and you get put back in time. To a whimsical uh, Disney World, sure, a Disney version of the uh, 1600s mm-hmm. in uh, the Caribbean. What, what pirate would you be? What would your pirate name be? Okay, you had to get me around to Pirates of the Caribbean. I was thinking, what Disney movie takes place in the 1600s? Is this Beauty and the Beast, not the Caribbean? What pirate would I be? Ooh, so do I have Captain. to be? Do I have to be a or character be a from? 
No, no, no. You can you can be your own pirate. Okay. There's lots of room for pirates. And what would your shtick be, I guess? Oh, sure, because Davy Jones has his whole Cthulhu shtick, and Johnny Depp is always drunk, and what are the Jeffrey Rush shows his penis? Does he yeah. he only does that in Amadeus, or does he do it in Pirates of the Caribbean as well? Did I misremember uh, he that? He does it off camera. That's why everyone, it, you, whenever Jeffrey Rush enters a scene, like when he and another character, like Orlando Bloom, or you know any of the other characters enter the scene, you'll always see the person who entered it with him has a very you know sour expression on their sure. face. And that's because sure. Jeffrey Rush has just showed his penis off. That's that is them. not a bad. It's a very intimidating. So that's what I'd be. I'd be Captain Dog and Pony. And uh, my whole thing is that I would always wear, like, dickless chaps. So, like, my dick and balls. Dickless? Yeah, like assless. Dickless chaps? Well, oh, assless chaps. <laughs> I don't know why, because you could see a lot of ass in assless chaps. Yeah. So I'd wear dickless chaps, where, yeah, just my whole junk is always hanging out. It's very intimidating. It's hard to focus on me when we have a conversation. My eyes are up here. Um, but I think it would. And it's, it's just it's just a regular dick and balls. It's not like you're not like you don't have like a like a, a Maury eel. I mean, I wouldn't and, say uh, two like two like cockle shells I, as your. I wouldn't say regular. I would say probably way smaller than average. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. For <laughs> the... I was just really confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, wait, what? What's wrong? He acts like this is intimidating. <laughs> Well, it could be intimidating for entirely just swagger off the fucking deck with my fucking micro penis. Are you intimidated? Arr. Uh so that's me. I'm Captain Dog and Pony. What is your uh what's your captain name? Uh Big Tom Bombadil. <laughs> Perfect. Big Tom Bombadil. So you're you're a character from a different piece of media who somehow crossed over into yeah, I mean, it's, it's they steal. And, and since uh, none of the uh, Hobbit nor Lord of the Rings movies would touch fucking Tom Bombadil with a 10-foot pole, <laughs> cowards, sure. um, I feel like I need to bring it in. And uh, this is taking place in the future past where Disney owns everything. Mm-hmm. So um, Big Tom Bombadil is my name. I um, My hat is, nope, I don't remember, blue and my boots are yellow. <laughs> yes. You know what, bud? Just say anything. I will believe you. Um, wh- yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a whimsical captain who occasionally sinks his own boat. Does does Disney not own Lord of the Rings? No. Oh, shit. Okay. It's I- still its own property. Like, Amazon had to license it for, like, $20 million Oh, that's right. Their, They're making their, an their, Amazon yeah. series. I forgot all about that. Holy shit. Okay. Interesting. That is the one, like, big name property that Disney does not own yet. Which well, means- what actor plays you? Oh, that's a great question. Who's a real fucking saker type? Micro penis. Who's <laughs> got a micro penis? Uh, you know, I truly think I might be. I mean, let's. Fuck. You know, you know who I think should, who will play you? But, Are we picking um, for each other? Okay, I like this. Yeah, yeah. Who should who should play? Who could definitely play you? But does not have a famously does not have a micro penis uh-huh. has an enormous penis uh-huh. is a uh, Will- Willem Dafoe I think would be would be because he's got that manic saker energy. Sure, I believe that's who plays uh, fucking Ed in the Better Good Lady cinematic universe as well. If I remember correctly, we have. I thought it was Kevin James. <laughs> it could be Kevin James. Uh, I think for you, who I see as an Evan type. Uh, I think it's gonna or have Tom, Evan playing Tom Bombadil. Sure. Or Ka- Big Tom Bombadil. Hold on, then I have to recalibrate. Okay, it's gonna be Brad Garrett. Oh yeah, my shtick is I have two lit bombs, one in each hand. Sure, sure, okay. And I just throw them I throw them randomly like a fucking Mario villain. I'm just whipping bombs onto everyone's decks. I like that. Okay, okay. But you are also yeah. some sort of forest man. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're Tom Bombadil. You're this is very. You're Tom Bombadil, except Big, you're a pirate. Except you also use explosives. Big Tom Bombadil. Yeah. I sure. mean, the, the, the pirates are an eclectic. <laughs> anyway, Brad Garrett. That's who plays you. Uh, the older brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. I miss Ray. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a real Ev type to me. <laughs> Plus, I think he could play Tom Bombadil. Um, I don't know, man. That's what you think of me? That's what you think of me. <laughs> when I think of... Actually, in my head, I truly have to struggle to picture your face when I think of you because I immediately picture Brad Garrett. Um, <laughs> he's just an F type. What can I say? Uh, good, good. But you know what else I think Brad Garrett would be great in? <laughs> uh, anything, right? Sure. Ah, oh, fuck. We're actually dovetailing perfectly into something that we did a commercial for recently. You think it's okay that we do it again? I don't care. Okay, well, fuck you too. Um, actually, no. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, this is a classic Orange Groves podcast. One of those podcasts that ended a long time ago. And this podcast, just like everybody loves Raymond. Just like everybody loves Raymond. Uh, this podcast is called Interstitial. Uh, Interstitial, our hearts intertwined, is an inspired crossover actual play podcast playing Interstitial, our hearts intertwined. So if you want to play Lord of the Rings meets Everybody Loves Raymond meets uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, then I think you're interested in Interstitial. Uh, they're over now. Uh, they ended August 9th, 2019. So you can catch up on the entire thing uh, and even listen to the very final episode, which was live at Extra Life 2019 a little interstitial one shot. So check it out. Um, Riley Hopkins DMing it. Uh, they invented the system and now they're DMing it. It's a good time. Ev, what do you have to say about that? Got a visual, a visual aid right here. Uh, it appears that you're holding up some sort of reflective magnet, perhaps? That's right. You got it in one. End the story. Alright, bye folks. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the podcast when we spin this big wheel and figure out what our segment today is going to be. We have so many segments on here now. Yeah, and somehow we still admit the same six <laughs> over and over again. I mean, this one we don't do too often. In the car, this track is on your road mix. What songs come before and after and obviously. Why? Ella Fitzgerald's Summertime, and then uh, uh, the Beastie Boys do a Summertime. No, I think you have to precede this with a spring song and follow it with a fall song, right? This okay. is going to be a cyclical, so, it's going to go every four tracks, we loop around to another Summertime song, right? So what do you think of, you do the spring song, and I'll do the, actually, you're a fall boy. No, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> okay, sorry, buddy. The song that comes after it is going to be This is Halloween from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, you just want it straight on the nose, right? That's uh, that's what we're aiming for here. Why would I not want a good song? Sure. Uh, this is Halloween is a good song. I feel like it's like a song. Is it a good song? Dude, I'll come through this fucking monitor and smash uh, okay, your Okay, like all right. I'm going to fucking crawl, out, <laughs> crawl inside of your body and wear you like a goddamn puppet. I'm sorry. I'm going to take every tooth out of your mouth and I'm going to rearrange them. <laughs> Place them with toenails. <laughs> God, I'm gonna turn your eyeballs around. Sorry, I'm every I'm fucking sorry. hair out of your body and Jesus plant it on your ass. Fucking Christ! Bury, bury a body in your yard, <laughs> and then call the cops and blame it on cops you. And call the cops on you. I'm gonna put your teeth in their mouth so the cops are really fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's preceded by uh, Spring and a Storm by one of my favorite bands, Tally Hall. So Spring and a Storm, Summertime, This is Halloween. And then do you want to collaborate on the, the, the track afterwards? That could be fun. Frosty the Snowman. Oh, you fuck you and your fucking... <laughs> Frosty, Saker, don't you fucking are you coming after frosty because i'm gonna come up through this microphone I get, i'm gonna electrocute you <laughs> i understand you wanting to defend danny elfman but you wanting to defend fucking i don't know uh copyright free karaoke tracks.com or whoever fucking came up with frosty the snowman <laughs> that's a hundred percent who wrote frosty the snowman by the way <laughs> copyright free karaoke tracks.com my favorite band uh what's a winter what song reminds you of the snow softly falling on the and it better not have snow in the title or frosty or i don't know what's a what's a quiet i feel ice ice baby that's not bad that's not bad at all it doesn't remind me of winter at all but we certainly hit the nose again uh i'm into it uh yeah Okay, fair enough. I would choose Winters from the Earthbound series. That's way too on the nose, but it reminds me of snow falling. <laughs> Now's the time in the show when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our kooky little cameramen. Cupcakes. Cupcakes. Uh, Ev, are you a cupcake guy or a cake guy or a pie guy? Uh, I'd say I'm cupcake guy. Really? I like a good cake. Um, I seldom cross. I seldom run across a really good pie. I feel like we've done this before. Maybe so. Uh, my partner bought a cake to take over to your house for uh, a media event that you invited her to. She brought it home because you folks ate maybe a fourth of it, and nobody wants it here. It's chocolate, so I dislike it. But then I realized that icing doesn't really have a taste, so I've just been scraping off the icing and eating it every time I walk by it. I am oh, a garbage God. monster. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, Ev, we're going to go out of order. Usually I like handling the questions in the order that they come in, but this one is so relevant to uh, the song that we just did last week, You Run Away, uh, that I'd like to handle it right now. Um, this is a question sure. from our friend Jean-Marc Vantol. Jean-Marc Vantol. Jean-Marc. Good, good name. Good, good person. Good name. Good game. Uh, Jean-Marc says, hi, Evan and Saker. Hi, Jean-Marc. Hi, Jean-Marc. I just listened to your latest podcast. Thank you so much. When I am drawing comics, I'm always listening to IABD podcast. Hell Ooh. yeah. What comics does he draw? I, I want to know. I wonder if I look up Jean-Marc Vantol, if we can see his... Um... Holy shit. He has a Wikipedia entry. This dude is legit. mind blown? I was, he's like, he is the winner of the Strip Shop Bridges... <laughs> I'm sorry, Jean-Marc. <laughs> uh, for, I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, Fook, it's certainly don't not... pronounce it. Okay, pronounce okay, it. <laughs> all right. He does a very popular uh, Dutch comic strip uh, published oh, cool. published in a daily newspaper. Uh, Jesus, Jean-Marc, shout out to you, buddy. This is awesome. I have to brush up on my Dutch so I can read some. For, for fucking real. Um, okay, so Jean-Marc asks us... Uh, he says, uh, so Stephen Page has left the building after Why Say Anything Nice. And BNL fans all over the world, even the Dutch ones like myself, know it's forever. Because Steve can't, and he won't, and he doesn't come back. <laughs> it shouldn't be the way things end, but then a break is just around the bend. Today, you have arrived to the first Not Stevie P song. 
I'm, I, we, we record these way in advance. I'm sorry, Jean-Marc. Uh, you run away. Of course, you will speak about the break. The song is known as kind of a statement from Ed to Steve. You run away, you could turn and stay, but you run away from me. But is it really? I always think it's an older song. Ed probably wrote it before the breakup. Maybe Steve didn't like the song and wanted it to be left out of earlier albums. It happened to other songs, so why not to this one? After the breakup, he always capitalizes the words, the breakup. After the breakup, (laughs) Ed took the chance to re-record it. There is one clue in the lyrics that endorses my hypothesis. I guess that in an earlier version, the lyrics were, I tried to be your lover, you cried and ran for cover. But after Steve's departure, Ed changed lover to brother. I tried to be your brother, you cried and ran for cover. Then the song... Uh, then the song was just about a lover lover rhymes with brother it's still a song about a breakup but in another way don't you agree well have fun i keep listening from soest the netherlands jean-marc ventol uh i guess our answer is yes yes (laughs) (laughs) i mean that makes perfect sense it Uh, 100 percent. it seems like it'd be a song that ed would just have in his back pocket because they write I mean, that's the sort of song they would have written. Sure. Um, um, I'm trying to, I wonder if there's... Or what if it's still about Steve? What if, like, uh, Steve and Ed were an item at one point? Ooh, is it okay to speculate about that? Because, again, I'm going back to that TMZ article I read once where somebody commented on it before they disabled comments and said, like, Ed was my... I think he used the term gay lover. Like, Ed and I had an affair. Now, this could be just a random, you know, and of course it probably is. But, I mean, what if there was something there? What if there was something between Ed and Steve? I'm sure there's plenty of people who ship him. This feels, mm-hmm. this feels nasty to yeah. speculate on the sexuality of celebrities that we don't I know. I think that uh, um, it was about... Uh, I was th- thinking more that it was like about a dog they got together. Okay. At one point during okay. the band. Okay. Like, you know what BNL needs? A dog. A mascot. Sure. So they got a, they got a dog together and it ran away. Little, uh, what would they name it? What would be an Ty- Tyler? Tyler. Oh no, no, we didn't name the dog after you. We named you after the dog. <laughs> when he came into the band, they renamed him Tyler because he was like the dog. Um, here's my hyp- hypothesis. Uh, I think it's possible that BNL. Uh, maybe the song wasn't always brother, but maybe it wasn't always lover. What if it was? You tried to be Donald Glover. What if this song was about the star of Lethal Weapon? <laughs> and this was their kind of love song to kind of Donald Glover retiring from the biz. Or, sorry, Danny Glover. I'm yeah, I was like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> what if this was a song about how Donald Glover stopped acting and started doing music? <laughs> and so Danny Glover. Yeah. Yeah. He's too old for this shit. Sure. Sure. Oh, it's, it's maybe just about, like, Lethal Weapon in general. Like, Mel Gibson's Danny Glover's relationship. Could be. I definitely see the possibility there. What about I tried to be your butter? Like this one is about like the mix up between the butter and the cream where, you know. Or no, it's, it's just about, um, I can't believe it's not butter. Like the margarine wars. Sure. In the uh, 90s. Sure. Uh, this is how they always wished that Robin Williams would return to his roots. I, 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 I tried to be your flubber, but, but it wasn't enough. Stop making one hour photo. Get back to flubber, buddy. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of different possibilities. Although I think, uh, Jean-Marc Ventol has the best, uh, answer. I tr- Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Was that enough? Should we do another one? Do you think people are sated? This could be a short episode. I think that's okay. 
Well, it's still like we're still sitting at like oh, an hour no. fifteen. But. This is still our longest episode ever. Uh, if you have an email that you want to get to us, it's all been done podcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please only email us if you are a famous Dutch cartoonist. Those are the only emails we want to get from now on. Um, that would be I a good time. Jean Marc, uh, what he knows about Alex. Oh, Dondermar. Donder Jean-Marc Alp. Nope, I'm cutting that. That was a nightmare. <laughs> Ev, we did it. We're at the end of the oh. episode. Here we are. What a good time it is. Um, sitting on our little piles of gemstones, sit- looking out Absolutely. over the horizon. What we do best. Horizon. Uh, Night is falling <laughs> on the cedars. Uh, you can... Uh, you can- a clip-clop of a horse. On the cobblestones outside of our window as the paper burns down. God, you're such a good writer. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to plug your new story that just came out. Uh, I think... um, Didn't come out. Or it did? What story? The story that I don't think you've plugged on this podcast yet, have you? The story that was in uh, Rocket Dinosaur Magazine? I'm going to pump it this much. It's Beneath Ceaseless Skies. Uh, what is that story? What did you write? Oh, the, tra- the transubstantiation. The transubstantiation. A delightful story. But we're not to plugs yet. I'll plug it when we get there. Right now, you can check us out on Facebook. It's all been done. A Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Been Done Pod. Please leave us a review on iTunes. We love to read those reviews and especially to read them on the air. In fact... Uh-oh. I see you holding up your ding-dang phone. Here's a review from our friend Fishy. This is a Hi, five-star review. I'm convinced. I remember that name. I think Fishy retracted their earlier five-star review and wrote another five-star review so that we could read it on the air. (laughs) Maybe I'm wrong. This is a five-star review that says, Hosts are royalty. Fishy's review is two sentences. Oh, three. Evan is the wizard of Magicland. Saker is the king of Bedside Manor. I ship them. If you have any nice. ship fix between me and Evan, please forward Ooh. them to It's All Been Done, a Very Good Ladies podcast. I would love to read them on the air. Maybe if enough people do it, we'll just have a fan fiction episode where we read uh, graphic Uh-oh. stories about us having sex. <laughs> All right, Evbo. Uh, what do you have to plug this week? Palaces. <laughs> what about them do you enjoy? I don't know. I don't feel like that anyone who lives in a palace deserves to live in a palace, but I like that they exist. Okay. They're beautiful. Like, I mean, who lives in a palace right nowadays? It's like either billionaires who have got like no, no billionaires deserve to exist or royalty and royalty doesn't deserve to. Sure. 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 Old money. Uh, yeah. Those are probably billionaires or millionaires or just, yeah. So like, I feel like every palace, whoever lives in a palace should have everything taken from them (laughs) and be given a stipend and they live in a row house somewhere. Nice. And then the palace is just turned, using their money, the palace is just turned into a place that people can visit and see how cool it is. What is the difference between a palace and a castle? A palace isn't necessarily defensible. Okay, I understand. Uh, you can have a palace in a castle, but at the same time, like a palace is more for like um, beauty and ceremonies, like Versailles as a palace. Oh, interesting. Right, so you wouldn't like put castle, you wouldn't put walls around it and whatnot. Interesting. walls and things like that. Not that a palace doesn't, but you know, it's just, I think it's just a... a purpose ev have you ever been to ravenwood castle 
I have never been, but I've heard about it. Okay, well, when when COVID ends, we our families are going to take a little trip to Ravenwood Castle. Ooh, yummy, yummy. We're gonna. It's a it's a B and B, a hotel where you stay there, and it's all gaming. So they have like it's board games everywhere, and it's a gaming castle. What a great idea! Uh, it's going to be a blast. We're going to do that. And I encourage all of you listeners to go check out Ravenwood Castle. They were very nice to me the one time I went there. And they're giving us 30% off of our stay. If you use the code <laughs> BINDA, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? God, wouldn't having sponsors be a goddamn joy on this podcast? Uh, the, the right kind of sponsors, Yeah, it's I guess. true. All right. Ebo. I mean, I don't want to be shilling like external hard drives. Why or... not? I love external hard drives. They're great. I don't need the dim damn money, <laughs> right? Do I need Do I need an extra six dollars an episode? No, I don't think so. Fair, okay. Ev, um, it's been a blast. I've been Saker. I will and always will be Evan. And we'll see you again in one the week. Future.